0: Welcome to Life and Leadership. I believe in creating community, connections, and creating space to be curious. This podcast aims to take you on a conscious journey through quality, diverse, innovative content and conversation. My hope is that we create a circle of influence, a transcendency of compassionate leadership in the world and wider universe. So Richard Barrett, you have had the most interesting leadership journey and I would be very grateful if you could share your story here today. Thank you.
1: Well, uh, first of all, um, I don't consider myself as a leader. I've never set out to be a leader. um, And uh, when I wrote my book, The New Leadership Paradigm, way back in 2010, I struggled with the idea of even writing the book. You know, a lot of what I do Comes from the instructions that I get. I know this is going to sound funny, but the instructions I get from my soul. I have these conversations with my soul, and I, I got the message: write a book on leadership in 2009. And I said, I don't want to write a book on leadership. What do I know about leadership? And uh, in this conversation, I said to myself, I'll prove it to you. So I, I Googled. No, um, oh, I went into Amazon and I, I, I wrote a, you know, looked for leadership books, and there were three thousand. And I thought, there you go. 3,000 of them. What can I add? And then uh, this voice came back to me and said, well, add values, add consciousness, add various other topics. And so I finished up adding all these extra words, and then there were only eight books on leadership. So I thought, hmm, that's interesting. Uh, Nobody's actually looking at leadership from this perspective that I do. And so it's actually (laughs) people today still called me and said, this is like the best book on leadership I've ever read. And um, I've actually now made it into um, an e-learning course, well, actually five e-learning courses, the overall leadership, new leadership paradigm, uh, leading self, leading a team, leading an organization, and leading society. And you can find those at the Barrett Academy website. Anyhow, that's just basically to answer your question that, you know, what is my leadership journey? Um, I've never thought about it in, in that context before. However, it, um, I was at a meeting yesterday and um, of what I call the Humanity Awareness Initiative that I'm moving along and somebody said, yeah, I really like your leadership. and I thought, wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I never, yeah, I never think of myself that way. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, that's the best answer that I can give uh, So, because I've not really focused on that and um, it's not been in my mind at all. It's just what happened.
0: So, where did you start your working life?
1: Well, yeah, if you want to, I mean, there are two major phases to my life uh, transportation engineer and transformation engineer. And uh, so, for the first, uh, I studied transportation at university. I was quite good at it, I finished up working at the World Bank. Uh, Designing projects on transportation for urban cities all over the world, and by the time I got to 45 years old, I suddenly realized all of just all of a sudden I was bored with my career, and I realized that actually what was more interesting to me was everything I'd been studying in my spare time, which was about uh, well about many things about esoteric things, psychology, uh, values, meditation. All of the things that go with the idea of we are more than just a human doing. We are more, we're more of a human being. And, um, so, um, it took me, um, it took me about four or five years to get, leverage myself out of the World Bank. And I, I did that with my second book called the liberating the corporate soul. And I invented a way of mapping values, the seven levels of consciousness, which is an extension of Maslow's model, basically. And that has has taken off. It's used all over the world. And now we have seven seven levels of leadership, seven levels of organizational consciousness, seven levels of personal consciousness, seven levels of societal consciousness, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So um, that that was a turning point in my late forties. And uh, from then on, I've never looked back. I I, uh, created the Barrett Values Center, after 10 years of running that, I decided to hand over over the running of the company to somebody else so I could focus on books. Uh, So I've written 13 books, uh, nine of them in that 10-year period. And um, in in 2018, I I set up the Barrett Academy for the Advancement of Human Values, which focuses on deep personal transformation and societal transformation. So uh, I I still do organizational transformation work, but uh, my really interested in transforming society and transforming, helping people transform at a deep level.
0: That is really interesting. I find your work around values very empowering. I did your values assessment and have had a call with you when I was in New Zealand about 18 months ago, and that has really helped me to recraft where I want to go with my life.
1: Yeah. It does. And, you know, there's over almost 1.5 million people have taken that personal values assessment. I mean, it's free. It only takes a few minutes, but um, it can be very insightful. And, um, and if you know somebody who's done our training, it'd be good to get feedback on your assessment. I mean, the assessment is quite, you know, it's quite informative. Uh, but uh, if you're speaking to somebody who's been trained, you can get into great depth around that feedback.
0: Absolutely. And it is on my wish list for 2021, since 2021, uh, 2020 has been quite the year to be pivoting. Um, once yeah. Say that again. <laughs> so inspiring to have had the gift of, of looking at the values. I found, I'm sorry, I'm probably not going to quote this correctly, but you, you say how values can have quite an impact on your life and your health. Can you speak to yeah. that?
1: Well, um, okay. So, let me start with a key phrase: values unite and beliefs separate. So, um, what do I mean by that? Well, if you get a group of clerics together from different denominations and you ask them to agree on their beliefs, they'll never agree. Uh, if you get them around a the table and ask them what to agree on their values, you'll probably find they come to a rapid agreement. And that's because values are at a different level of our our in our mind. They They actually also, in some sense, they're also in our body in a way, because we're not, we are, we think we're a three-dimensional material being, and we are in one aspect, but also, we're also energetic beings. We have an energy field, and and, uh, when we align who we are with the deepest, our deepest motivations, call them soul motivations, we get into values, and uh Values, uh, you know if you're operating outside your values because you'll feel uh, instability. Now, why do we want to work with values? Because uh, in a rapidly changing world like we're in, When you want to make a decision, we used to make decisions based on beliefs, which is information from the past, which we're going to project into the future. Well, when things didn't change very much, that was fine. But now everything's changing so rapidly. You know, making decisions on the future based on uh, information from the past is ridiculous. So we need a deeper way of making decisions, and that's the values-based decision-making, because we check in the deepest level of our being. Does this decision and the values I'm using to make this decision align truly with who I am? And you will feel stability or instability when you ask yourself that question. So, values based decision making is the mode of decision making of the future. And beyond that, we get into intuition and what I call inspiration or wow. I missed it. inspiration.
0: Wow. In spirit.
1: Inspiration. Inspiration.
0: I love it. That is so fascinating. And you're doing work around conscious companies as well, conscious organizations. Yeah. What leads you to that?
1: Well, you see, uh, that's the big challenge right now. Most of the world is operating unconsciously. So what do I mean by being conscious? There are three aspects to becoming conscious. First of all, you become aware of the impact of your uh, actions and behaviors on others and the planet. Secondly, you become aware of the impact of your thoughts and beliefs on your physical and mental health. And thirdly, you care about the impact of your actions on other people in the planet, and you care about the impact of your thoughts and beliefs on your physical and mental health. Now, when you, that's becoming conscious, and so now you become accountable for your life. You become a, you're no longer a victim. You become accountable for your health, uh, your well-being, and your future. And uh, so that's what becoming conscious means. Um, and unfortunately, uh, not many people are conscious. So that's really important, especially if you're in a leadership position. Becoming conscious is fundamentally important these days.
0: Absolutely. And and I see that you're wanting to create conscious society as well. How on earth are you going to do that? That's a really big
1: ask. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's actually not that big. Requires, it requires um, determination, and uh, and uh, it, it is actually, you know, this is one of the, my sole projects. You know, I it, it uh, I don't have to effort around this. It just comes to me, and things happen, synchronicities happen, and that's what happens when you're in alignment with who you really are. So basically, uh, this has been, in one sense, this has been done before. In 1850, the Nordic nations had um, realised that the industrial revolution was coming, and that the people would be moving to cities, and they wanted to equip them to be able to make that move, and to become accountable, and to expand their sense of identity from the, the small village uh, ideas into this larger thing. And so they implemented a education program for young adults called bildung, and it was already I would call it I would call it something around individuation, becoming responsible and accountable for who you are, what I just described about becoming conscious. And they implemented that program from 1850 right through to the end of the Second World War. And this is why the Nordic nations are all, you know, in the top consciousness uh, nation. You know, I map the value, I map uh, the something called the global well-being indicator. I map the consciousness of nations. I've been doing it for a number of years now. And the Nordic nations always come out at top in just about every aspect in gender equality, um, in peace, in uh, lack of corruption. I mean, I I use 17 indicators to calculate the well-being of a nation. And so uh, what I'm really trying to do now is implement this building idea or this this idea about individuation in every country on the planet. And uh, already we have teams in place or the, the building teams from different countries. And we are now building also the curricula which will be needed to help children uh, learn about values, uh, help young adults to individuate, help uh, young leaders to become conscious, and also help uh, business and political leaders to shift to this higher level of being. And so, yeah, it's a big project, but you know what? So what? (laughs) Anything's possible. (laughs) Anything's possible.
0: This is true. I went from being a lawyer to a podcaster over COVID quarantine. So you're right. Anything is possible.
1: Anything is possible. Yeah. you You just have to be in alignment with who you really are and what's coming through you and then stay true to that. And then you will find, I hesitate to use the word success, but I mean, you will find well-being, happiness, joy, and success.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I'm actually going to ask you some things about living the life of your soul. I'm a big fan of your book, What My Soul Told Me. So I'm actually going to move into that area. And I would love for you to share the story around how you actually connected and started to hear your soul.
1: Woo! I think it, um, it happened at that period when, um, I, in my, you know, I was 45 years old and I suddenly got bored with my career. And, you know, I realized I had to change the direction of my life and my friends at the World Bank, um, thought that was absolutely stupid and ridiculous because they, um, they said, look, you know, if you hang on for another 10 or 15 years, you'll get a six-figure tax-free pension and you won't have to worry ever again. And I said, well, that's fine. But if I do that, I'll be totally depressed because I have to. I have to do. I've got this impulse and I have to do it. I have to follow. And they said, but, you know, nobody knows who the hell you are. You don't have a track record. And you don't have a reputation. So, you know, goodbye and good luck. Well, you know, that's what happens and. um Within, uh, I hadn't actually left the World Bank when I was doing, I started to do workshops on personal transformation and finding your mission in life. And uh, I, did, I was doing them at the weekends so that I, you know, it didn't interfere with my work at the World Bank. And um, one weekend uh, I was doing a mission workshop and one of the participants asked me, well, you know, what is your mission? So by this time I had well worked out and rehearsed the affirmation. That I'm internationally recognised speaker and author on personal and organisational transformation. I, I certainly wasn't, but that was my affirmation to, you know, get me there. But when the person asked me this question, I could not remember those words. And, I mean, I just, my mind was blank, and I was very embarrassed. I just closed my eyes. I mean, it must have been a full five or six seconds, and out of my mouth. Came the word, I'm an architect of global transformation. Now, I had never thought those words. I'd never said those words. They just came out of my mouth. And I thought, wow, there's my soul talking to me. And uh, after about a month, I thought, okay, well, what am I going to do? I just sit back and watch it happen. And that's exactly exactly what I've been doing. I've just been following the impulses of my soul um, for nigh on 30 years now. And I get told what to do. And I get told what books to write. Now, the book, that you're talking about, What My Soul Told Me, um, it's, uh, as it is, it's, it's one of my best sellers, it's one of my most popular books. And I wrote that book in two months. I just sat down and it just, just all came out. It usually takes me a year to write a book, you know and I've been writing a book a year for 9 years now but uh that one just came out and it was just truly sort of like it was almost like dictation in the way it was very I was taking dictation but it was it was really uh, so easy to write and it was almost as if I was primed to write that book and uh like you many people get a huge sense of inspiration from reading that book and I think the reason one of the reasons why is that if you want to see, feel a sense of vitality in your life, you have to realize that we have this three-dimensional material world existence, but there's another. We have not that, that's like the ex, dealing with the external world, but there's another type of existence, a higher level where we're dealing with the with our mind and and and, and a, what I call a fourth-dimensional existence, energetic existence. And when you invite that higher consciousness into your life, your life becomes vital and important because you begin to see that it has meaning and purpose because you find synchronicities happening. It's like, oh my God, look, look what just happened. This is guiding me. So when you're in touch with that higher dimension of who you really are, your soul experience, what happens is you feel alive. You feel, now if you're not in touch with that, you'll get very depressed. Your your life is very bland, very two dimensional or three dimensional, <laughs> and it's uh, you know it gets sad and boring. But that other aspect of being in touch with something mystical, which is bigger than who you are and guides your life, is like an amazing, amazing way of being. That I, you know I really invite everybody to you know partake of reading my book. I've got another book which followed the what my soul told me, called A New Psychology of Human Well-Being, uh, The ego Soul Dynamics of Physical and Mental Health. And in that book, I, I relate the stages of development, psychological development, the seven stages, to our physical health and our mental health. And if you fail to master a particular stage of development, energetically, it affects a part of the body, which is linked to the, the stages of development, linked to the chakra system, which is linked to the body. And so you will fall ill at the stage of development in a particular place in the body. Um, and I lay all that out in A New Psychology of Human Wellbeing.
0: Yeah, that one's been on my side table. And now that you've you've spoken to it, I've opened it up. And the first chapter that jumped out was Chapter 16, Loyalty to Your Soul.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. This is this is a tough one. I You know, in the other book, uh, What My Soul Told Me, I called it Trusting the Soul. Yeah. Um, so it's like, you know, uh, can I can I trust this entity where I am to guide my life? I, I I ask people, you know, do you have a soul? And they go, yeah. And well, I say, no, you don't. You don't have a soul. You are the soul. And once you realize you are the soul and that the soul can guide your life, I mean, that's why it incarnated into your body. So, I mean, you know, get on board with the program, I say, and listen. Listen to the impulses of your soul because your soul knows what it wants. It knows. It knows how to find meaning and purpose. It knows what it came to do, and uh, you know, you just get out of the way and let it happen.
0: So true, so true. And I love the fact that chapter seventeen is the flourishing from sixty to eighty and beyond. I've just yeah. fallen into the sixty bracket. So, um,
1: yeah. So the the challenge that stage, the last stage of development, is all about contribution. Yes. Uh, so in your 40s, the soul begins to really interact with your life after the individuating stage during the 20s and 30s. And in the 40s, it's all about self-expression. You know, uh, what, did your, what are your gifts and talents? What did your soul come to do in the 40s? And in the 50s, it's about connecting, connecting with others so you can make a difference in the world by using your gifts and talents. If you can't connect, you can't make a difference. And then in the 60s, it's all about contribution. It's simply, you know, what is going to be my contribution to the well-being of other people, of my community, of my society, of my organization, of my country? What contribution can I bring? And yet that's what becomes central in your life. You know, it drives your life. So these are the three things that the soul desires to do by incarnating into your body, self express connect, and contribute. Anyhow, I could go into a lot more detail about, you know, what holds you back and all of these. And If you go to the website, barrettacademy.com, you'll find a lot more information on this topic, particularly in the e-learning courses that I've developed this year and in the workshops that I put on
0: fabulous and i'll make sure all of those details are added into the show notes and transcripts to direct people to this essential work i'm just so grateful richard for your contribution self-expression and connecting in the world you're um one of my heroes in terms of what you do and i'm very grateful for that so if you had any last words for the listeners what would you like to share
1: yeah i think um i've been asked this question a lot and i've developed an answer over the past year, which makes you think, um, and particularly if you have children, you know, how would you change your life if you realized that you were a role model for the future well-being of your children? Because they look up to you and you want to set out as a role model for them and for them to live their lives. What they learn as young people comes a lot from parents. So, so who are you? Why are you here? What's your purpose? How can you teach your children by being who you really are to help them live a wonderful life?
0: Thank you, Richard. I really appreciate your contribution. Thank you. As a steward of meaningful leadership in the world and wider cosmos, I have a passion for service through sharing wisdom, strength, and hope. Thank you for the opportunity to foster open conversation, discussions, and an exchange of ideas that create understanding and connection among diverse groups. Your support is valued. Please subscribe, leave a review and a rating. More importantly, share with your connections. Thank you.